You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. You are listening to Lisa Smith Putnam on Simply Pets Radio. Simply Pets Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. How about wherever you are, we just say hello. Welcome to the Simply Pets Radio Show. Yes, the former home of your pets, my dogs, but now Simply Pets Radio. I am your host, Lisa Smith Putnam, and I'm very happy that you have tuned in today to listen to our show. I want you, if you will, to imagine a world where elephants perform the flying trapeze, cats dance the can-can, dogs ride motorcycles, and nothing is impossible. It is a world created with his camera through Photoshop. Now, I know you're saying to yourself, Lisa, what are you talking about? Well, this is why I'm so excited to be doing the radio show, because I get to find wonderful, fabulous gems, as in Mr. John Lund. That's L-U-N-D, John Lund. So while we take a quick break, and you're sitting in front of your computer, if you're in your car, don't, you know, don't start looking on your phone. But if you're in front of a computer, go quickly to johnlund.com. Again, L-U-N-D.com. You'll be able to get a a kind of a sneak peek on what this show is all about. So as I like to say, and if you've listened to this show many times, you know I like to say to my three big lab dogs, sit, stay. We'll be right back with Mr. John Lund. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to the Simply Pets Radio Show. I am your host, Lisa Smith-Putnam, and we have on the phone today Mr. John Lund. That's L-U-N-D. Feel free to run to the website right now or at any time as you're listening to the show. That's johnlund.com. John, thank you for joining me on the phone today. I'm very excited that you are one of my guests. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. John, I kind of, I don't know if you were listening in between the break here, but I kind of teased my listeners by reading from your bio and told them to imagine this wonderful world where you have animals doing all these wonderful, interesting things. Now, I'm going to save that tease so people stay with us for the whole show. But you are a photographer and a fine one, may I add. I'm just so excited and probably because I'm so in love with your work. But share with us, if you don't mind, how you got started in the world of photography, and then and then we'll let people know how it relates to the Simply Pets world that we are now speaking about. 
But please, share with us. Well, it all started uh, back in the early 70s. I had graduated from college as an uh, English lit major, and I was trying to earn a living by being a writer. <laughs> so I was writing magazine articles and you know, on a freelance basis. And mm-hmm. I did an article for Yachting Magazine. And it took about a week to write the article, and it took a day to do the photography. And they paid me uh, $200 for the article and $2,000 for the photography. Wow. And I sort of thought about that and thought, okay, you know what? I'm going to be a photographer. So <laughs> that's what really propelled me into trying to be a photographer uh, you know, for my career. And uh, from that point, I just started you know, pitching, put together a portfolio, showing it to ad agencies and so forth. And I became a, um, an advertising photographer. Very nice. Sure. Interesting. 200 for the written and 2000 for the visual. I, interesting. It, actually was, it was actually even better than that because then the owner saw what I had done. He hired me to photograph his yacht from a helicopter. So then I got to fly around in a helicopter photographing the yacht. Wow. And, and I, have to, I have to say my experience being a photographer, you know, for all these, you know, decades has been that it was, for me, it was an excellent career choice because I've gotten to do so many incredible things that I never would have uh, had the chance to do otherwise. So, you know, whether it's photographing yachts from a helicopter or photographing tigers in Thailand, it's, it's been a career that's allowed me to have an interesting life. Okay, I need to start hanging out with you a little bit more, I think. <laughs> so, John, how does... I mean, what started your love of photography? I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of parents out there, and and hopefully some children as well. How did you know that you had an eye for even doing photography? What what led you to that? Well, I was in college, and my roommate bought a camera. I remember it was a Minolta 101 ST, and he paid, I think it was $120 or something for it. Mm -hmm. Back then, you know, 1972 or something like that. I could not believe somebody would spend so much for a camera, so <laughs> I borrowed it to see what it was all about. And I had so much fun. I mean, it was just really fun taking pictures. So that's what got me into the initial aspect of it. Then I was working, I uh, was doing an internship for the university uh, alumni publication, and my responsibilities included both uh, writing articles and taking the photos. And I remember the uh, the head of the publication telling me, John, you'd make a hell of a lot better photographer than you would writer. I remember kind of being resentful at that point. <laughs> but, you know, time passes and it turns out he was uh, he was more on the mark than I realized. But, um, yeah, so then it just, he, he, when I started to do the writing, then I thought I could get the articles published more, more readily if I could provide photography with it. So that's how that whole transition happened. So if someone... First of all, a nice roommate to let you take the camera out and start having some fun. He must have trusted you greatly. You know, something funny, that was like that was like 30 years ago or longer than that. I don't even remember which roommate it was, honestly. <laughs> you just remember the camera spot on. I love it. I remember the camera, yeah. So for any children, like I said, listening or, or parents listening, if one feels that they have a uh, an eye for capturing such images or any images, send them out with a camera and let them explore, I think would be the, the takeaway from that. And the Minolta, way back then, I hate to say way back then, but that was an analog, correct? 
Well, yeah, <laughs> digital has not really been around all that long. Yeah, so but, you know, nowadays you don't give them a camera and send them out. They've got their phone. Right. So were you also so, developing the film and stuff as well, or did you send that out for processing, or did you go like the whole nine yards and had the dark room and all that jazz? Oh, well, you know, for a while I had the dark room and everything. I, I was never very fond of the dark room, actually, because uh, I felt like I'd, I'm in this little dark space uh, trying to make an image come out when life was passing me by on the outside. So unlike most, you know, photography aficionados, I was I was not into the darkroom. And as a professional, very few professionals actually do, back then, did mm-hmm. their own darkroom work because you just didn't have, didn't have time. And when you're shooting for magazines and ad agencies, you're also tending to shoot transparencies, you know, slides. And slides were not something that, that normally you'd undertake doing in the darkroom. So, um, yeah, I never did much darkroom. So I did some for a while, but... Uh, Upon becoming a professional, I quickly found out that you just you don't have time to do your own darkroom work. But I'll tell you what, uh, I, when digital came along, you know, I started using Photoshop in 1990, and I started doing digital capture in '94, right on the cutting edge of both of those things. And uh, a lot of the photographers were very resentful and very afraid and scared of the whole digital thing. Mm. But I'll tell you. When I sat down at Photoshop the first time, I thought to myself, wow, this is eliminating the barriers between imagination and execution. I mean, it's the mo- it was the most liberating thing I'd ever experienced. It's like, now, whatever I can imagine, I can actually create. So for me, you know, full speed ahead, and uh, it turned out to be a great move for me. And nowadays, if you go back and look at film, uh, the, the files you get on, on digital cameras are way superior. The latitude you get for exposure, way superior. And if you can imagine, back when you'd shoot transparencies, we'd go out and we'd shoot something, and then you'd turn your film in, and then two or three days later you find out what it looked like. So you didn't know. You know, you, you could not learn as easily. Mm-hmm. I did a shoot. One of my early assignments, we, they flew me up to Seattle to shoot a Leslie Salt ad. Nice. And I shot, the, I shot the film on the plane back, you know, I was looking at my camera, and the shutter speed was set for the long sync speed for the flash, meaning there would be a good chance my film was going to come back all blank. Oh, wow. And I wasn't going to know for two days, and we're talking about a $20,000 shoot. Wow. You know, you talk about getting an ulcer. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I, it turned out fine, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the camera adjustment had gotten bumped somewhere along the line. It, it all turned out fine, but... Digital, so liberating to be able to see the results instantly and make an adjustment or to learn from it. Again, I mean, I would never turn back the clock. Digital is amazing. Well, I I think you are pretty friggin' amazing, to be honest with you. And again, I'm just so excited to to have you here on, on the show. We have been teasing people, John, or I should say I have. You haven't teased anyone. (laughs) I've been teasing the audience with exactly what it is that you do. Well, I'll say currently, but you you do many different things, and we'll give people all of the different ways that they can contact you. But if they have gone to johnlun.com, they found that you actually, when I think of your work, I actually think of the the song from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the original one, 
where they're saying, come with me to a world of full imagination. And that's exactly what I feel like when I'm viewing your, your work. And I, as the story goes, when I found your, and I don't even know how I found you. I'm just so thrilled that I did. When I originally found your website, I literally on my desk had one laptop open and it just stayed on your website. I was determined to contact you because that's how much I loved your work. So, John, please speak to my audience and tell people exactly what I had the opportunity to to see at your johnlund.com website and why I fell in love with it. Well, um, I I might mention that I now work with a partner, my life partner, Stephanie. She and I basically create several kinds of work. We create conceptual work for advertising. We create the anthropomorphic animal images uh, for both greeting cards and for stock photography. So when you get there, you might see a woman riding a galloping rhinoceros <laughs> or, or two dogs in a bowling alley getting ready to throw a ball down the lane. Or, you know, it can be almost, almost anything. So I'm not sure where to go with this other than that, it, well, you know, <laughs> let, let me no. brag a little bit about you. So when you go to John's website, and, and please, John, give my regards to Stephanie. My listening audience doesn't know this, but I'll share this with them. The other day, I had the opportunity to speak with Stephanie as well, and she's just as delightful as, as John, and we had a really great conversation. So uh, I know she couldn't join us today on the phone, but please give her my regards, and, and I look forward to perhaps speaking with her again sooner rather than later. But let me take a moment and, and brag on the, on the two of them. So when you go to the website, johnlon.com, I was so fixated when I got to his website because on this wonderful visual carousel, there are many different pictures of these wonderful, magnificent animals, not just domesticated ones, but also, you know, the ones that you hear about, you know, uh, lions and, and elephants as well. But you have these animals in these fabulous poses with the, the richest, most delightful palette of colors behind them and uh, on them. Some of them have, you know, clothing on, and it is just a sight to behold. And if it sounds like I'm a fan, I am. And it is surely going to, I think any animal lover out there would go to your website, John, and just go, oh my goodness, this is great. And they might even find themselves laughing, as I did several times when I was looking at some of the photos. So that's what they're going to to see. And I remember the first one that I saw that said, okay, I've got to find this guy. There is a, a lion. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, there's a lion. And somehow he's in an office complex or an office, I should say. And he has a saddle on his his back. Now, don't worry, no one's riding him. But it was so interesting to me I, I was so fixated on this picture because I thought, wow, this picture speaks. I don't know what the outcome was supposed to be, John, but it really spoke to me like, okay, here's this lion with a saddle on him. And who has the audacity to put a saddle on a lion? And I just thought this was great. So can you, and if they go to the website, again, johnlund.com, can you tell me how perhaps maybe that picture came to, you know, came to light? What was the story behind it and and how you photoshopped or had the lion actually put on a saddle? Uh, speak to us about that. Sure. 
One of the things I liked about my career is the fact that I could use it to accomplish things I wanted to accomplish or experience. And I wanted to hang out with a lion. I thought it'd be really cool. So I thought up some ideas based around, you know, lions. And then I called an animal trainer that I'd worked with frequently, and I knew she had a lion. And I asked her how much would it cost to rent a lion. And she said it would be about $5,000. And I asked her, you know, how long do I get for that 5000 <laughs> Good question. <laughs> she, said, she said, as long as he wants, which, of course, turned out to be about 45 minutes. So I went ahead, and we had all kinds of crazy rules. I, I don't know if you want to get into all of it, but she said, don't, you know, she was feeding it chunks of beef to get it to what we wanted. And she said, if a chunk of beef goes flying across the room, don't go for it. <laughs> she told me that. She told me that. She told, I had about, we had a crew of about four, and she said, nobody separates from the pack. So wow. I thought that was interesting. She said, you need to get rid of all your sandbags. You know, photographers have sandbags, so uh, secure light stands and so forth. And I said, well, well, why would I have to get rid of sandbags? She said, well, they might think they're rodents, and he would have to own them. I said, oh. well, that's no problem. We could own them. She goes, no, he, he'd have to kill you so he could own them. I said, okay. Oh. No <laughs> so we did. So we shot this lion for about 45 minutes. So I then had a library of lion pictures, and... Um, I continued to use them to create new images with. I was thinking about business in the terms of the lion with the saddle on it. You know, I photographed the saddle in my studio, and then I used Photoshop to put it on the lion and put lion into an office that I had photographed. The idea there being that business is something that is uh, full of risk and danger, and uh, the bold are the ones who succeed in it. So it's those kinds of concepts that I was illustrating with that particular image. I'm going to add that um, a case where I know exactly how it. A lot of times with stock photography, mm-hmm. you never know how it's going to be used. But we did recently have a, a, a situation come up where Stephanie had created a a a lion, a lion riding a mountain bike. Mm. So uh, I guess that's a mountain lion, right? <laughs> I love it. Anyway. Tell Stephanie that's brilliant. Yeah, mountain lion. I like it. <laughs> anyway, so a, a that was seen by a hospital who wanted to create a series of posters about impossible things uh, happening, mm-hmm. so that they could, could have that message message that you know anything is possible, i.e., any cure is possible. So they created a number of. They took a number of our images and created posters to put into their lobby areas, um, you know, for patients to see. So there's a there's a little bit example of, you know, I wanted to hang out with a lion, so I figured out an excuse to do it, and we continue to use that source material to come up with with more images, both for the greeting cards and for uh, stock in advertising photography. And let me just add this for everyone that's listening. John, I, I think it's very important for us to be able to spell out to, to everyone that is listening, when you're shooting these wonderful, magnificent animals, again, not just the, you know, the lion, tigers, and, and bears, uh, but also our domesticated uh, animals, No, none of these animals are being hurt. You are making sure that they have the utmost care on set, and as you were speaking in regards to the lion, you know, all the protocols. So you are 
are a, a lover of animals and you really go to great lengths to make sure that while they are, you know, being photographed by you, that they have the utmost care as well. So I, I just wanted to throw that out because I think it's important. So when people go to your website, they know that you're you're loving on these animals uh, as you're shooting them. So thank well, you. you know, that That is true. No, you know, we do love animals and and uh, we find that to get what you want from an animal is not really, you can't force it to do it. You have to encourage it to do it. Particularly, you know, like cats, for example. When we shoot with cats, we usually get, you know, an animal trainer who has a collection of cats, and they know which cats don't mind being handled and which cats tend to talk a lot. And they know exactly what kind of rewards those cats want. So, it's more a question of knowing your animal talent and getting the right talent for what you're trying to accomplish. And, you know, I tell you, cats, cats are a challenge because, <laughs> they're, they're, well, actually, all I am, the, the main thing you have to have when you're photographing animals is patience mm-hmm. because you're not, you're not going to, you know, you just got to, you got to encourage them and wait for that magic moment to happen. And, uh, you know, dogs just crack me up because, all dogs want to do is please you. That's, <laughs> you know, that's they're trying so hard mm-hmm. to figure out what they want and give it to you. And that always, uh, that endears, you know, dogs to me. Cats, cats are sly animals. And, uh, you know, I love cats. I mean, it's like, you know, I can't express much how much I enjoy hanging out with the animals, photographing them, finding out what their quirks are. It's uh, we had this one cat named Roswell, mm-hmm. and it would not it would not shut up. I mean, it would meow meow meow, and, <laughs> just and like a cat. <laughs> like, we'd be shooting, and you, you know, we 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 got this cat because we were doing a line of greeting cards called mm-hmm. Maud, and she was Maud, even though she was a he, and it was advice from Maud. So you always want Maud to look like she's talking. So we used this cat Roswell because he's always talking. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, by the end of the day, you're. You're, you're starting to go, oh my God, <laughs> this cat <laughs> needs to take a break. Oh, but, my um, goodness. But we, and we will often get two look-alike cats. Mm-hmm. So if one cat is not, just isn't up to it or needs a break, we have another cat we can turn to. So there are, there are ways to, uh, to maximize your chances of getting what you need. Mm-hmm. But again, with animals, it's a matter of encouraging them and having patience. Well, I I thank you for that mod story. I'm I'm laughing, John, because last night and I went to bed quite quite late, but my cat all of a sudden at midnight just started to sing an opera. I was like, meow, meow, meow. I was like, okay, really, not not now, yeah. <laughs> John. When we come back, I'm going to take another break. But when we come back, I would be curious to know one of your favorite experiences filming one of the animals and and what was it was it the the lion and making sure that you didn't separate from the pack or perhaps another time where you were shooting one of the wonderful animals that you have uh, either on the website or or in general that perhaps we are not viewing here but so think about that during the break and when we come back you can share that story with us i think the audience will find that fascinating as well so hey everyone sit tight and we'll be right back with mr john lund Bye-bye. Your trivia question for today is... JP, thanks for joining us on the trivia factoid question of the day. What's it? All right, Lisa. A group of cows. How many... 
Mo. Yeah, a group of more than 12 cows. What do they call them? <laughs> 12 cows. What do you call them? The sleep number little guys? Oh, those are sheep. Okay, wow. Um, 12 cows are called a baker's dozen. No, I would think they would be called a herd, but they're not. They are called a flink. A flink, F L I N K? That is correct, a flink. Okay, then. Never heard that one. <laughs> Never have. Well, thank you, JP, for that trivia factoid question of the day. You're welcome. The young lady from the rescue delivered happy, and I panicked. She was missing hair, stinky, scabby, and I thought, what did I get us into? The cause of his issue was poor nutrition, it was neglect. The other owners didn't care enough about him to give him the nutrition he needed. But I have a vet that I trust, and she recommended Dinovite. D I N O V I T E dot com. I ordered the first 90 day supply, and within a couple weeks, his skin started clearing up. He didn't smell. He had more energy. He just had a glow and a bounce about him. We've been using Dinovite for the last year, and Happy the Rescue Dog is Happy the Healthy Dog. <laughs> I tell all my friends who have rescues to give their dog the chance at a new start with Dinovite. It's going to pay off for you and your dog for years to come. 859 428 1000. petliferadio.com Welcome back to the Simply Pets Radio Show. I'm your host, Lisa Smith Putnam. Thank you for tuning in today. Well, we have been speaking with Mr. John Lund, and that's L U N D. And if you go to johnlund.com, you will see exactly some of the things that we are speaking about, and you will find out why I am a big fan. Let me say a big, big fan of Mr. John Lund. John, before we went to break, I was asking you to think about what is one of your favorite experiences while shooting one of these wonderful animals. But let me say this and give you a few more minutes to speak or to think if you don't mind. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you go to John's website, you're going to see, I just love this video gallery that he has up front, and you're going to see many different pictures. I just want to Throw out a couple of my favorites. So when you go there, you'll say,、oh, okay, I know what Lisa was, was speaking about. John, you also have two flamingos, and it looks like they're dancing, and that's such a beautiful shot. And there's a, a table there with some,、uh, I think, wine glasses on them. And that's a very elegant photo that I, I really enjoy looking at as well. And then one of my other favorite ones is. You have a pack of horses. I believe it's a pack of horses. I should probably know. Is it a pack? I think、Bird. a pack of horses? A herd. herd. Thank, thank you. 
<laughs> Bill is yelling out from the other room. Okay, he's not yelling. He's just saying, it's called a herd, Lisa. Uh, <laughs> so you have a herd of white horses on here that's so beautiful, so elegant. Did you film all of them at the same time? Or is that the magic of what you create where you photoshopped in all of these wonderful animals? That is one horse. Wow. That's really so, cool, John. <laughs> yeah, you know, I did once. I did a. I have an image of stampeding longhorns that are coming all around you and about to just, it's, you know, point of view where you're about to get trampled. And people have always asked me, you know, how the hell did you do that? You, maybe I should say, how the heck did you do that? No, you can uh, say hell. You know, without, <laughs> <laughs> without getting trampled to death. And the, the, uh, the truth of the matter is, I shot each one individually and put them together. We put a leaf blower into a dirt road to create the dust that's kicked up by their feet. And I tried to get the, the herd of stampeding longhorns by putting cameras in, in the grass mm-hmm. and with protective housings and driving them over them. And the woman who owned the herd of, of the longhorn cattle said, it'll never work, they'll see them and they'll stop. And she was right. We, we get the cattle driving, they get about 20 feet, you know, running full speed, they get about 20 feet from the cameras and come skidding to a stop. I'd fire the cameras remotely, they'd turn around and run the other way. So... uh what we finally did was we put a, a bucket of grain in front of one of these uh, steers, and it would start eating the grain, and I would be right in front of it, a couple feet in front of it with a wide-angle lens, and then she would go behind it and hit it in the rump with a uh, grain sack, which would, you know, surprise the animal, and it would bolt right past me. Mm-hmm. I would fall on my butt from fear. But we, we'd be, <laughs> we, we did that about, you know, 25 times, and then I had the necessary material to create this uh, stampede longhorn image. So, mm. uh, again, with the, with the herd of horses, one horse. And I had a friend who has a horse, and she brought the horse out. And in the morning, when she would bring it out, we, she'd put it in the corral, and the horse would just go nuts. I mean, it turns out, I guess, horses like, after an all-night in the stall, they like to come out and run around, kick their heels up, and just, you know, the exuberance of being alive. So... Uh, about three separate times I went out in the morning and captured that horse's exuberance mm-hmm. as it was running around and kicking up its heels and having a good time. And then in Photoshop, we just create the, you know, the, the uh, stampeding horses, if you will. I just, I, I, I love it. I, I'm looking at the photo right now and I'm counting like 13 different horses, might be even more, I'm not sure, but the way you have them all worked in here together, it really does look, I was about to say pack again, but it <laughs> it really does look like a herd of uh, wild horses. It's beautiful. Yeah. So fabulous. And again, it sounds like you're going through great, I don't want to say painstakingly, because I know you love doing this, but you're going for through great care to, you know, get the perfect photo by, you know, getting up there and catching the horse every day coming out. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, to me, the Photoshop Photoshop is easy if you have good material to work with. Mm. So to me, the most difficult part is getting the photography you need. I mean, you got the the photography you need and you sit down and you got these tools. Of course, I've been using Photoshop for what, 26 years. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I've got the basics down, but but again, you know, the tricky part from in my mind is getting the right raw materials. That's the key part to make to making these images successfully. Well, I 
think that you are master. You and Stephanie have created masterpieces uh, with your with your work. And again, I'm just thumbing through here as I am speaking with you. And I'm see, I'm laughing now because I'm looking at the pig with lipstick. And again, folks, you got to go. You got to oh go to the God. website. <laughs> oh my God, pigs! Oh, they uh, they're hard. They're hard to deal with. They they're smart, you know, and and. They squeal and your ears are ringing, and uh, <laughs> it's just you know <laughs> they are a little challenge. They're a handful, but um, I I I have an animal experience I wanted to share with you. Please, is yeah. this a good time? Oh, absolutely, yes. So, so you know, you had asked about a particular experience that maybe I enjoyed quite a bit, and Stephanie and I went to Thailand to shoot uh, tigers. And we went to great length to, uh, you know, get a get a, a zoo that was going to be willing to uh, provide us with the animal and everything. And we get to Thailand, and the whole thing falls apart. But there was a place called the Tiger Temple, a couple hours outside of Bangkok. So we drive up to the Tiger Temple, and we are one of like four tourists. Now the Tiger Temple is a where there are uh, monks who at some point he took in an abandoned tiger cub and then another one and then another one. And pretty soon they've got, I mean, I don't know how many tigers they had. They had dozens of tigers. So Stephanie and I and these two other tourists, we go in and they let us each bottle feed a young tiger. Stephanie had a little tiger on her lap and the one I had was the size of a German shepherd. So uh, (laughs) I couldn't feed her on my lap. Then we go out and they let us hand-feed these, quote-unquote, teenage tigers, which, you know, they're, I would guess, 100 pounds or so. And they said, you know, as soon as the chicken is gone from your hand, pull your hand away. So I said, okay, better do that. So they would gobble up the chicken. Uh, Then they brought us into an enclosure that was maybe, uh, I don't know, 200 feet by... 200 feet, something like that. And they've got a dozen or so of these teenage tigers in there. And they give us each a bamboo pole with plastic bags on the end. These are cat toys. So if you can picture, you've got this bamboo pole and you're waving around, and it's just like a cat trying to, you know, grab a little toy with a feather on the end right. or something, right? Yeah. Only it tigers leaping up and trying to grab at these things and racing around you. And they have these, <laughs> these, Thai, these Thai women who were the kind of the keepers in this area. And if a tiger would, you know, say one tiger come up and put its mouth around my leg, all these little women would come over and start beating on the tiger and, you know, making it go away. So we're in this kind of bedlam scene where tigers are racing around and jumping for cat toys. And we're waving bamboo things and taking pictures and, that was a really cool experience. Then, after that, they take us out, and they have on a leash a full-grown tiger, you know, just like, what, 500-pound beast, and they let us take it for a walk. So that was kind of cool. Then they bring us and put us into a small enclosure that was maybe uh, 10 feet by 10 feet, chest-high chain-link fence, and we are inside of that. Surrounding us are adult tigers, and they have keepers out there with more of those cat toys. And there's a kind of a big uh, lake pond area. And the animals, the, the tigers are splashing in it and flying around and, and 
going after the cat toys, and we're in the middle of all this, taking pictures and everything. And to, we spent maybe four or five hours with these tigers. That was just, uh, you know, it was one of those peak experiences. We just walk away, just go, oh my God, did that really happen? Unfortunately, the Tiger Temple has been closed down now because they had a couple of maulings. Mm. So, so that's no longer there because I was hoping to go back again. But, and I, I, you know, when I came back, I researched the Tiger Temple. There were things said that the tigers were being drugged and stuff. I saw no. I mean, these tigers were not drugged. They were, they were having fun, splash around, wrestling with each other. And I thought it was, I, I, again, I, it was for me. It was a really, really cool experience. It sounds. And I got some good look tiger raw material too. It sounds like it was uh, very fascinating, and and thank you for commenting on the whether or not they drug the tigers or not. I was going to ask you about that. I remember reading something or seeing some photos, and that question had been proposed. You know, are they drugging these big guys or you know gals? So it's it's nice to know that at least what you were able to see and take away that they were not being uh, abused. So thank you for that yeah, commentary. No, I- I have to say, I have been, I've been to a zoo in Thailand where it was pretty obvious the tiger was drugged. Mm. You know, they were, they were letting people come up to it and it was lethargic and, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which was really sad. I mean, it's really, as a matter of fact, anytime you have animals in captivity like that, to me, it's, it's a sad, it can be very sad. So I understand the necessity and, and how sometimes you're saving animals from extinction or stuff, but it's a little hard in that regard. But, well, uh, again, the Tiger Temple thing, uh, it didn't look to me like there was any abuse going on. It, mm-hmm. it looked pretty cool, but who knows, you know? Right. Well, One can't be sure of anything, I suppose. I think that's why your work is... I think so wonderful as well because, and, and, and people can have different opinions on this, of course, but uh, it's my radio show, so I'm going to give my opinion. <laughs> but I, I was going to say that I, I feel that at least with your photos, what you and Stephanie have been able to create, you're, you're able to present, especially the non-domesticated animals, you're, you're able to present them in such a way that people can see these animals in a different light. They're not just... It's not just a, a horse or an elephant or a pig. You're you're creating this wonderful picture of them, where hopefully it inspires people to want to get to know more about them. And for that, I think it's it's a beautiful service that you offer. Maybe you don't even know that you're doing this service, but being able to enjoy their beauty without physically having to you know be in front of them through your work it's it's great and and the the spin and the twist that you put on there is simply fantastic so you know thank you for certainly for that John, I, I want to take one more quick break, and, and then I want to come back because I want to make sure that we let people know how they, I've been telling them how they can find you, but speak to folks and let them know how they can go about perhaps uh, commissioning you to do a project for them and so on and so forth, because I think that's in, very important, and we certainly want to make sure that we help get the word out there about you and what you and Stephanie do. So uh, we're going to take one more quick break. Can you have a few more minutes, uh, John? Okay. And we will uh, we'll come right back. So, listen, thanks for listening to Simply Pets Radio. We're going to take another quick break and then come back with our final segment with Mr. John Lord. 
Are you having trouble getting the word out about your new pet product or invention? Let Whitegate PR open the gate to your marketing and public relations efforts. We've been specializing in public relations in the pet industry for over a decade. From press releases to media relations and publicity to pet trade shows and launch events to social media, the pet-friendly team at Whitegate PR has you covered. If you listen to the wise words of Bill Gates, he says, If I had $1 left, I'd spend it on PR. Learn more at whitegatepr.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here's your pet etiquette for today. Hi, I'm sound engineer Bill. This is for all of you cats out there who are listening in. Life with your human companions is pretty cushy and easygoing most of the time, but every once in a while, they may lose their mind and do something that you particularly dislike. For example, take a vacation and be gone for three days without so much as a phone call or a text message. And when they finally return, they expect you to be so happy to see them. Well, you're not a dog, so that's not happening. The humans have done you wrong, and you are compelled to do something to discourage them from repeating such bad behavior. I understand that and agree that you absolutely should do something. I know what you feel like doing, but I recommend instead that you greet them with a long, disdainful glare, turn around and walk away with your tail in the air, and refuse to interact or even look at them for three days. This will get the point across and not cause any escalation of hostilities. Pooping on the couch, however, is not cool. That's Pet-A-Kit. I'm Lisa Smith-Putnam, your host for Simply Pets Radio, former home of Your Pets, My Dogs. Thanks for joining us today. I have been having a lot of fun speaking with Mr. John Lund. That's L-U-N-D, johnlund.com. If you want to quickly, after you listen to the show, go to his website and find out how you too can uh, perhaps, well, John, if you don't mind, this is a good time for me to bring you in and say, how can people get some of your wonderful, you know, prints and, well, a little piece of what it is that you do? Well, um, through my website, obviously, they can purchase prints or they can license images for stock use. Uh, We also offer greeting cards, but those are offered through other companies, specifically Leaning Tree and Recycle Paper Greetings. Mm-hmm. Um, so anywhere those brands' greeting cards are offered, they'll be able to find our material. So, yeah, I guess that's it. I mean, the main thing is that if they see something they want for whatever use on the website, they can contact me from there and we can deal with it. All right, that's a that's a fair bet. I like that idea. And you said to reach the stock image company, stock image company, they can also find that information through your website, johnlund.com. Yes, we our images are licensed through several stock agencies as well. Some of it we license directly. So again, if they if they go to the site and there's any particular image they're interested in, they can't figure quite out, you know, where to find the information about that image. They can simply, there's a, a mechanism in the website where you can contact me. 
and then we can provide them with whatever details they need. All right. I love it. Well, I thank you, dear sir, for joining me here on the show today. Again, please give my regards to Miss Stephanie. I think you guys are simply fantastic. And I encourage anyone to go check out what it is that you do. They will be amazed and will be fascinated by what it is that you guys have put together. Your creativity is um, very heart-touching. So, yay! <laughs> now... Just for everyone listening, I just want you to know I will be trying to kidnap, kid, did I say kidnap, as if I have a little twang in there. But what I'm trying to say is I'm going to try and kidnap John and Stephanie and get them to come back to the show and join us and uh, just share with us some other interesting stories about what it is that they do and perhaps some of their new projects. And John, being a writer, don't be surprised if I try and corral you and get you to do some writing for Simply Pets magazine. We're going to have great fun with that as well and so many other wonderful things that I will probably trying to wrap you guys into. But we will speak. Well, it, would, it would be our pleasure. Well, I tell you, we will be harassing you later about all those wonderful things. So, again, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Mr. John Lund, L-U-N-D-E, MrJohnLund.com is his website. Please go there and you'll be able to see all the wonderful pictures that I discussed and pointed out a few that were my favorites, but there's so much more and I just think that you'll get a kick out of it. Again, johnlund.com and I am Lisa smith Bunham, and you're listening to Simply Pets Radio. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in this week. Bye-bye. Now, you know I cannot leave without thanking you, my wonderful listening audience. Just wanted to say thank you to you. We have listeners all the way from New York City down to South Africa over to India. That's how far we reach. You can find us at simplypetsradio.com. Shoot us an email if you've got a question or thought process for us. We're always there for you. And let me not forget to thank my wonderful studio staff. That would be our wonderful engineer and sometimes information sidekick. That'd be Bill Guy and our announcer, Donald Jr. Well, I will see you or better yet hear you. You'll hear me next week. I am Lisa Smith Putnam, and you're listening to Simply Pets Radio. All I have to say is rough to you. Simply Pets Radio is produced by Lisa Smith Putnam and owned by Simply Pets LLC. Simply Pets Radio. Simply Pets. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.